All right. Well, good morning. My name is Davis Turner. I'm one of the elders here at Carpenter's Way, and, and I appreciate everybody being here. This is great to, to see everybody in person, and, and then also welcome to those who are, are, are doing it virtual this morning. Um, I really appreciate y'all making the choice to come here today, because uh, obviously you could make lots of choices, right? But you were, uh-oh, my slide's not up yet. <laughs> But you're intentional about being here this morning. And that's what we're going to be talking about today is being intentional. So um, when I think of being intentional, I, I think of, of just all the stuff going on. And we're going to talk more about that in a second. But, but I, I want to just take us back for a second to, to think about the, the, the number of, of, of sharings and teachings that you've heard over the last, last couple months. We've had the privilege of, of hearing lots of different things, right? Um, when we think about the, uh, the different, different sermons and such you've heard, just to kind of take you back in a little history here since January, we've talked about, you know, who we really are. Think about the name tags. Remember that sermon? It was a great one. All of these were great. Control issues, that one really hit home for me. You know, where do I give up control? How do I give up control? I'm, I'm, I'm not that personality. I don't want to give up that control. Uh, the Good Shepherd, you know, how do we, uh, how do we follow Jesus, um, him being the Good Shepherd? We think about uh, choosing love and, and how, we, how we live for others. The Mosaic, Craig, you brought that one to us, you know, just the, the beautiful picture of the church body and how we each play a portion of that mosaic. Peace, the, the peace that God gives, not the peace that the world offers. And then living in the, in, in the dark recognizing that God lives in the midst with us. Uh, we talked about that last week. And when we think about those, all those, we noticed that they challenged us with, with some items. And these are just a few of the items that we were challenged with. Uh, you, perhaps you had the opportunity to, to take some other different notes, but these are some of the things that really struck me um, as we were going through these lessons. When we, think about, when we think about the name tags, we think about who did God create us to be? Be who God created you to be. Release control to God. Again, I told you that's a tough one for me. Follow Christ. Show love to others as God has shown love to us. Be part of the body. Be a light to the world. Accept the peace of Christ. I, I bring these up because these were all challenges to us. Hopefully you took some of them. If you didn't have a chance to, to catch some of these, we have them on YouTube. Uh, that's one of the good things about going virtual is it's, it's given us a library now that you can go back and, and, and get into some of these. And, and maybe you're seeing something up there. You say, man, I could really use that message right now. Well, it's available to you. Be intentional and go, go get it. But when we see all these, these, these red words here, we see imperatives. We see, this, we see these, uh, these phrases that basically tell us that you need to go do something. You need to take action. You need to be intentional. And when we think about the Bible, we think about, man, there's, there's, there's thousands of these in there. Thousands of good things that, that we should each be taking on uh, individually and corporately. Things that we should be thinking about um, every day of our lives, every moment. And these are imperatives. These are things that we should be doing, but we don't, do we? We, we struggle. Why don't we? Well, it's It's hard. You know, for one thing, you know, the, these aren't easy things. They, they go against us. They go against our flesh. They go against our, our humanly desires. We're going to talk more about that in just a second. I'm going to get into that. 
But but I think it's also the reason why this message, it's really for me. Y'all may get something out of this, I don't know, but it's really for me that, that God's been dealing with me for, for a few years now and just trying to say that, you know what, Davis, you gotta be more intentional. You're you're getting you're getting stuck in ruts. You're getting in in situations that that you know you should be doing something different, but it's hard. You know, it's it's easier to to just to, to be isolated or whatever the may, may, maybe the situation may be. And so when I think about these last few years, I think of all the distractions and it wears me out. I think about just, you know, where has time gone by? It's March 2021, right? Of course, it may be April now. I don't know. It's, it's going fast. You know, but time flies by. Um, my family's been in, in, in Nederland, Mid-County area now for 10 years. And, and so, you know, when we moved over here, I've got this picture of my kids, you know, this. Now my kids are this. <laughs> I have a junior in high school. All three of my kids are teenagers now. Where has the time gone by? You know, I'm sure you can say the same things. I'm sure you're thinking the same things. You know, where has the time gone by? But, but it's not just that. What about the other distractions that have hit us? What about, uh, boy, the, the weather patterns? We've dealt with floods, hurricanes, snowpocalypse, you know, you name it, it's, it's hit us, right? And so, so all of a sudden we're, we're distracted with that. We're, we're, we're turned in every direction. And then, and then you, you, you know, let's, let's add one more to it and, and uh, go with COVID, you know, and, and, and all of a sudden that, that really tears at our inner beings as, as being social people because all of a sudden it made us have to be isolated. And it took away that, that interaction that, that we each need and desire. And so when I look at it myself, I just, I see this, all these distractions. I see all this, this need to be intentional. Okay. And when I think about that, and when I, when I, when I think about, um, you know, uh, well, what can I learn from this? What, where can I, how do I become intentional? Is there, is there any guidance out there? And, and obviously, you know, if, if, if you're a Christian, you're, you know, one of our, one of our guidance has got to be the Bible. It's got to be the Holy Spirit. And so when we think about that, I started thinking about, about people in the Bible and man, how many of them dealt with the same thing we're dealing with? They really did. You know, I could just name a couple just real quick for you. Uh, think about Moses and think about the, the, uh, the, the tailspin that he got into when, when he was, you know, as a, you know, growing up in the Egyptian, uh, in the Pharaoh's household and, and he killed one of the Egyptians and, and all of a sudden he's on the run and, and, you know, leaves the area for 40 years and then he's called back and boy, imagine that just that turning around going on in his life. Think about, uh, Elijah, you know, Elijah's one of my favorites to think about, you know, just, um, you know, he goes, if you, if you read the story, he goes up on Mount Carmel and, and has this amazing win over all the prophets of Baal. And of course it was God doing it and he gave God all the glory. And, and two verses later, all of a sudden he gets threatened by Ahab and Jezebel and, and he's running, he's scared. He just, he just wiped out a thousand prophets and, and saw the amazing hand of God. And yet all of a sudden he's scared. All of a sudden he has hit rock bottom. All of a sudden he is tailspinned into the situation, just like we do. You know, and, and, I, and I keep going and I can name, uh, you know, David. I can, I can name a bunch of these. But for the sake of time, I want to jump over to Paul. You know, here's Paul. He had, you know, he had he'd 
grown up under the leadership of, of uh, he was Pharisee of Pharisees, grown up under Gamaliel, um, just, just this, uh, this amazing mind and uh, this tremendous force for, for, uh, for the Christian faith uh, when he, um, you, you know, when, when he saw the, the true light on the, the road to Damascus. But even with Paul, we see how he, he, he struggled with this. I'm going to read a passage. It's one of those passages that, you know, at least me in my past, you know, I've, I've kind of read and thought, man, Paul, you just, you, you really, you kind of give me a headache sometimes the way, the way you talk and the way you go around things. But as I was reading this under this context of, of being in this tailspin, being in this, in this situation, man, I, I, I think Paul understands it better than, than any of us do. And so if, uh, if you have your Bible, with, turn with me. Romans 7, starting with Romans 7.15, I'm going to jump over there because Paul has already spent several chapters talking about sin and talking about, about, about our flesh and, and how, how the, 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 you know, the, the, the two you know, just struggle and battle and war. I'm going to jump over to uh, Romans 7.15 and, uh, and start from there. Look at how Paul describes this. He says, let me grab some water. He says, um, for I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that is that it is good. So now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh, for I have the desire to do what is right not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. Man, that's, that's, a, you know, that, that's a whirlwind right there. But think about what he's saying. He is going through what I was just describing us going through with the distractions and with, with the, you know, all the things bombarding us uh, right now. You know, he basically says, um, he, you know, he takes two complete turns right there. He, he talks about, I, I do the things I, I, I don't want to do. I don't do the things I want to do. And then he says, he talks about the, the, the difference between sin and flesh and, and, uh, and God and, and, and uh, the Spirit. And then all of a sudden he says it again, but I do the things I want to do and I don't do the things I, I, I don't want to do. You know, he, so he's going down this path. But notice that he's going to hit bottom here and he's going to give us some guidance. So I find it, 21, so I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. Isn't that true? As we grow closer to God, as we, as we are being intentional, as we're making the right choices, all of a sudden we notice, man, there's more pressure on me. There's, there's more issues coming up. There's more things around me. There's more struggles. Um, he says, for I delight in the law of God in my inner being. But I see my members in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Here he goes. So he's hit rock bottom. Wretched man that I am. How many of you can say that? I can say that. I can find myself in that position at times where I say, I did it again. Wretched man that I am. But he doesn't stop there, thank goodness. He asks the question, he says, who will deliver me from this body of death? And of course, he answers his question. He says, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but my flesh, I serve the law of sin. 8.1, 
There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned, a, condemned sin in the, in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. So he points out that, okay, wretched man that I am, nothing I can do except I can accept what God has given me. He's already taken care of it. He's already sent Jesus. Jesus died on the cross. He rose again. He has already paid the price. And therefore, now no condemnation. That's important, guys. It's important as believers to understand that that in, in Christ there is no condemnation. How can that be? Only because Jesus Christ paid the price. You know, and, and so, so there's our answer. There's, there's, you know, despite me being a wretched man, despite me um, having this, this, this flesh that, that wants to do this and, and my mind that wants to do this and that I battle this, this way and that, I have a way out. There's a way to get out of this loop. There's a way to get out of this tailspin. Um, and it's only through Jesus Christ. In verse 5 he's, uh, of 8 5, he says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. We're going to come back to that in a second. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, but it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if, in fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit of life because of righteousness. If the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Jesus Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. There's our hope. There's what we have to to hope in. And I want to go back, I told you, to that, that verse 5 and 6 there, where, where Paul uses these words of, of set your mind upon. Does that sound familiar? Set your mind upon, I would say, is that intentional, that intentionality. Think about what you're, you're setting your mind upon. And if we're setting our mind on the Spirit, if we're setting our mind on, on God's grace and what he's, what he's taught us, then that's when we're going to be able to pull out of these, these tailspins, out of these situations. So what I want to do is just take a moment and and think about you know try to try to put some life application to this. So so think about a, c- a couple statements I have here and see if this resonates with you. So I think that a lot of times reason why we get hung up in this is because we rely too much on our reflexes. We we allow ourselves to respond rather than preparing ourselves and thinking through what we're about to do. Again, this being intentional. I think this is part of it. And so think about this. When something scares or surprises you, how do you react? Is that a reflex? Or were you prepared for that? If it was truly a surprise, then it's going to be a reflex, right? Likewise, when you meet someone new or put in or be put in a new position or situation, how do you manage that? Is that something that you find yourself just reacting to or allowing your reflexes to, or do you prepare for those situations? What about um, when someone gets on your last nerve, just uses your pet peeves against you? 
you know, just really, really sticks it to you and you just grinds. You know, um, what's your response? If we allow our reflexes to, to respond, we're probably going to push their buttons too. We're probably going to push back. However, if we prepare, if we think about it, then, then we'll have a, a different response. What about when you're in bad traffic? Does that make you become a bad, bad driver too? I've seen people do it both ways, right? I've seen, I've seen people wave, and I've seen people do other kinds of waves. So it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, we, we have to watch ourselves because if we give in to reflexes, if we give in to our flesh, then we're going to go down the wrong paths. And then how about this one? When someone wrongs you on social media, how do you respond? How many times do we see Christians being, being the, the worst offenders on social media, you know, responding, just, just firing back? We, we, we have to be better than that. We have to be intentional. We have to, have to work on this. And so what we see in Paul's, Paul's uh, letter there to the Romans, we see that, that you know, he recognizes that the battle we're fighting um, with self, uh, if, if, we, if we fight that battle with, with self and we intentionally use Jesus' teachings in preparation, allowing the Holy Spirit to work, then our response is in the moment changes. Our response to the environment changes. Our outlook on the situation changes. Our demeanor changes. And our lives change positively and influence other positively. Okay? We can make a difference through the Holy Spirit, through Christ. When we think about Jesus, and we think about, about what he was doing, you know, when he became human, when he became fully human, do we see him using his reflexes? Do we see him just, just responding in the moment? I would say no. I would say we see him preparing in every aspect. When we, when we think about the word of God, when we think about the, the gospels, and we think about what Jesus was doing, we see things that Jesus was doing. We see him preparing. We see him so many times going up on the hillside and spending time with Father. We see him um, you know, meditating, praying, fasting. We see him preparing. Okay? So in that, he's preparing himself. But we also see him preparing others. We see him discipling others. We see him with the, with the 12. We also see him with other close um, you know, friends and, and family and, and such that were following him. And we see him you know, spending you know, all those years with, him, with them, um, teaching them and preparing them on how to react. You know, if we think about how when he sent the disciples out into the, the, the nearby cities and such, he was preparing them for their future pastorship, for their future, um, uh, their future leadership and how they were going to respond. And when we see how he reacted to uh, the impulses, like when Peter cuts off Malchus's ear and such, when we see those kind of things, we see how Jesus reacts. It's, it's like, no, that's, that's not what we're about. You just responded with the sword, with, with your impulse. There's a plan here, Peter. We need to be prepared. And then we see him also just inserting himself in others' lives. I mean, how many people did he congregate? We just know of a few, you know, through, through the Bible, through the pastors that we can see. But think about the people that he congregated with. 
We see him preaching to thousands. We see him uh, going into synagogues. We see him uh, not only doing that, but we see him going to weddings, to funerals, grieving with people, being with people. Um, we, we see him uh, even going to tax collector parties and such. You know, And I guarantee he was prepared as he went into those. He knew what he was doing. He was there to, to empathize with the people and to, to, to meet their needs. He showed mercy and, and ministered to everyone he encountered. So we see Jesus being intentional throughout his ministry. And, you know, if, if we had time, we could read all the red letters in the Bible and, and see so many more ways that, that, that Jesus um, is speaking to us, telling us how to prepare and such. But I want to just focus in on, on one passage because I think it kind of sums up this. And hopefully it challenges each of us. I know it challenges me. But if we, if we think about when, when, uh, when Jesus talks with Nicodemus, and we think Nicodemus is a Pharisee, we, he's, he's, he's high up in, in, the, in the court system, in, in, that, uh, in the uh, legal system there. And, but Nicodemus has questions. And so he comes to Jesus and he says, well, let me read it. Uh, Mark 12, starting with verse 28, he says, And one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another. And seeing that he answered them well, he asked him, asked Jesus, which commandment is the most important of all? And Jesus answered, The most important is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And the scribe said to him, You are right, teacher. You have truly said that he is one and there is no other besides him. And to love him with all your heart and with all your understanding and with all your strength and to love one's neighbor as oneself is much more than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. And when Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said to him, you're not far from the kingdom of God. So we see Jesus giving this answer to the Pharisees, to Nicodemus in this case, because Nicodemus, his heart is in that mode. He's, he's reached rock, rock bottom. He recognizes that he needs an answer. He needs a true answer. He needs to be intentional. And Jesus gives him that message. And so let's, let's think about the message that, that Nicodemus got. To me, Jesus is telling us we need to be intentional in, in two areas. We need to be intentional in our relationship with, with Jesus Christ. And secondly, we need to be intentional in our relationship with others and how we treat others. And so what does he say in there? Well, he's basically telling us to, you know, to be intentional about spending time with him. How do we spend time with Jesus? We pray, we meditate, we fast, we get into the word. We understand uh, what he's doing what he's, and let the Holy Spirit lead us. That's how we develop that relationship, just as you would re- develop a relationship with anybody else. You spend time with them. Also, we need to be intentional about accepting his mercy and peace. He's granted us this. He's, he paid for it on the, cro- on the cross. We need to accept it. And as we talked to a couple weeks ago, only, only his peace is, is transcending. This world offers us false peace. We need to give him control. There's that control again. I, you know, I'm, I, I wrote this. I could have taken that out. But this is, this is about me too. We all have to, you know, there's, there's bits and pieces of this that are going to speak to each of us. And, and we have to give him control, have to rely on him. 
And then we have to be intentional about following him and denying our selfish desires. And that's where Paul was in that, in that, that, that tailspin, is we have to set our minds on the Spirit, set our minds on the Holy Spirit, set our minds on Jesus Christ. And then, like I said, we also need to be intentional about our relationship with others, influence our community with the grace and truth of Jesus Christ. That's our vision for this church. That's where, you know, the last 10 years, that's what we've been trying to do as a church is reach out to this community and, and, and beyond and, and show them the grace and truth that we've been shown. That's what it's about. And so with that, we can extend his mercy and peace to those around us and then seek opportunities. There's where the rubber meets the road is, is when we're being intentional are we looking for opportunities? Are we taking the time and the effort to be intentional? Are we thinking about it? Are we getting into it? So I would just ask you, and I'm asking myself, are we being intentional today? What can we be doing this next week to be intentional? I, I bet you each one of you probably just had something pop in your mind about, oh, I need to see somebody, or I need to talk to somebody, or check on somebody, or I need to get into God's Word more. I need to, I need to restart that, that, um, that quiet time I used to do. I don't know what it is, but I bet something popped in your brain. Don't take it for granted. Whatever it is, take action. Be intentional. And I just encourage you that, that if you're like me, and if you're, if you're coming into these tailspins and and, you know, just kind of you know, waving like a ship, wondering what's going to hit next. That shouldn't be our focus. That's a distraction. Instead, we know where our hope lies, and that's where we can put our, our, uh, our focus. So, um, if you will, I'm going to pray with you. And then, uh, and then I have a couple, couple of items that I want to share with you as well. So, Father God, thank you. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to be intentional. And Father, I pray that I pray that whatever it is that you've laid on our hearts and minds right now, Father, that that uh, that that you you have us stick with it. That don't let us just shove it to the side. Don't let us be distracted by whatever is about to hit us as we walk out these doors. But rather, I pray that that we honestly think about it and honestly come up with with how we want to respond. Father, we thank you for being intentional with us. We thank you for dying on the cross and raising again, because without you, there would be condemnation. But instead, we know there is now no condemnation. And that's priceless, Father. Thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.